Welcome to the Fit Man Over 40 podcast, your number one online source devoted to men's health, fitness, and performance. Whether you're a weekend warrior or looking to get into the best shape of your life, the Fit Man Over 40 podcast provides cutting-edge men's health information you won't find anywhere else. Hey guys, this is Jason for fitmenover40.com and in today's episode, I'll be discussing the truth about skincare and how you can achieve healthy skin from the inside out. I'll talk about the main internal and external causes of skin aging and what steps you can take in terms of lifestyle, nutrition, and supplementation to start looking and feeling younger than your real age. With the vast majority of skincare products being marketed toward women, most men really give little thought to caring for their skin beyond soap and aftershave, which is a shame because whether we like to admit it or not, the outward appearance of our skin does have a direct impact on our self-image and social interactions. But the skin's real importance stems from the fact that it's the largest organ of the body, serving as a protective barrier from environmental insults, and that also helps to regulate body temperature as well as detoxify metabolic waste products. Now, unfortunately, when it comes to everyday skincare, much of the focus is on costly topical solutions in the forms of lotions, creams, and serums that promise to turn back the hands of time. But there are a multitude of factors that affect the condition of your skin, including aging, genetics, sun exposure, smoking, diet, sleep, environmental pollution, and alcohol consumption. But truly effective skincare has to be approached from the inside out. So if you're unhealthy on the inside, even the most expensive lotions and potions in the world won't make your skin healthy on the outside. It is possible to slow skin aging and in some cases even reverse it, but your approach to skincare has to include both internal and external strategies for healthy maintenance. This becomes more apparent when you gain an understanding of the structure of skin itself. Now, skin is made up of three separate layers called the epidermis, dermis, and the hypodermis, each with its own unique physiological function. The epidermis is the surface layer of skin, and it's composed of keratin, which strengthens the skin, and melanin, which dictates skin color. The epidermis is the first barrier protecting you from environmental insults, such as pathogens, toxic chemicals, and UV rays from the sun. The dermis is located right below the epidermis, and it's mostly comprised of collagen, which acts as a connective material used for structural support and skin firmness. Now, the dermis layer also contains a protein called elastin, and when it's combined with collagen, this gives your skin its elasticity properties. The dermis contains blood vessels that serve to deliver nutrients for repair and nerves for sensory input like tactile feedback and pain sensitivity. Sweat glands are also located in this second layer, and they help to cool the body when it becomes overheated, as well as eliminate toxins from the body. Sebaceous glands are also located in the dermis, and these are exocrine glands that secrete oil that lubricates your skin and hair follicles. If your pores become blocked or the sebaceous glands secrete too much oil due to hormonal imbalances, this is when you tend to get uh, blackheads and acne uh, forming on the surface of your skin. New skin cells are also made within the dermis layer, and they eventually work their way up to the epidermis and replace older surface skin. The third and bottom layer of skin is called the hypodermis, and it contains mostly fat cells that serve to insulate the body from cold temperatures and to add protection in the form of cushioning against trauma. Hormones such as estrogen can be produced in this subcutaneous fat cell layer, and it can also be a storehouse for toxins in the body. 
So these are two of the many reasons that attaining lower levels of healthy body fat, generally between 10 and 15% for men, is really beneficial to your long-term health and well-being. So in terms of internal factors for aging skin, the two most prominent ones are the metabolic processes of glycation and oxidative stress. Now, glycation is a result of chronic high levels of glucose in the body from excess refined carbohydrate consumption. Glucose is the main fuel that drives cellular energy, but when circulating levels become too high, the excess glucose can interact with collagen in the skin, rearranging the protein tissues and producing molecules called advanced glycation end products, or AGEs for short. Now, these AGEs cause healthy collagen fibers to lose their youthful elasticity, resulting in premature wrinkling, thinning, and discoloration of the skin. This is the reason why diabetics who have obvious glucose control issues tend to age faster than non-diabetics. The second internal factor that accelerates skin aging are free radicals caused by oxidative stress. Now, free radicals are unstable molecules that are formed during normal metabolic processes in the body uh, that can cause damage to the skin at the cellular level. Some free radicals are always formed during normal metabolic processes in the body and, in fact, are utilized to fend off certain bacteria and viruses. So they are important, uh, and you'll always have some free radicals in the body, even from just breathing uh, air. But an overabundance of free radicals caused by things such as air pollution, uh, stress, poor diet, drugs and alcohol, radiation and smoke, cigarette smoke, can hasten the breakdown of healthy skin. So this gives rise to sagging, wrinkled skin uh, that is more vulnerable to infection, takes longer to heal from trauma, and becomes more prone to skin cancers. So in terms of external factors for aging skin, the most significant one is ultraviolet light radiation from excessive sun exposure. Now, as humans, we evolved under the sun, so some exposure to UV rays is necessary for our health. And exposing your, your skin to short-term periodic bouts of UV rays helps to form vitamin D in the body, which acts as a hormone that can help to boost your immune system, strengthen your bones, and, and actually improve your mood uh, if you're prone to depression. Um, exposure to the sun can also increase the production of a compound called nitric oxide, which helps to lower blood pressure naturally. So some sun exposure is healthy for us. The issue with aging skin and UV rays is chronic overexposure to the sun, which sets off a chain of biochemical reactions within the skin, leading to inflammation, premature aging, and increased risk for skin cancers. Overexposure to UV radiation can also depress your immune system, increase free radical production, which accelerates skin damage, as I mentioned earlier, and it increases an enzyme called matrix metal, metal proteinases, or MMPS for short. Now, this enzyme destroys collagen in the skin, uh, which is needed, of course, to maintain the structural support and elasticity. So what are some solutions for aging skin? Well, now that we know what the primary causes of aging skin are, let's take a look at the measures you can take to minimize your formation and slow the aging process so that your face doesn't end up looking like the inside of a catcher's mitt. So what you eat on a daily basis has a huge, huge impact on the rate at which your skin ages. And since we've already determined that glycation combined with oxidative stress are the two main internal culprits of damaged skin, let's cover some strategies to combat their destructive processes. So with glycation, in order to reduce the production of the AGEs or the advanced glycation end products, you'll need to reduce your intake of sugars and refined carbohydrates. So this means eliminating non-foods. Basically, that's what I call them, non-foods, because you really shouldn't be eating them. And these are things such as sodas, uh, cookies, cakes, donuts, candies, canned fruit, 
pudding, certain breakfast cereals, uh, commercial yogurts, and frozen desserts. So instead, you'll want to replace them with fresh fruits and vegetables that contain fiber, phytonutrients, antioxidants, along with vitamins and minerals. You should also be aware that glycation can occur if you overcook animal proteins such as beef, chicken, or fish. So instead of frying or barbecuing these proteins until well done, try lightly sauteing or steaming them instead. Using these two cooking methods will have the added benefit of making the meat or fish moist and tender, which will aid in the breakdown and assimilation of amino acids in your digestive tract. There's also a few nutritional supplements uh, that can help with glucose control, and this will in turn reduce the chances of glycation occurring in your body. The first one is magnesium, and studies have shown that a diet high in magnesium improves glucose and insulin metabolism and significantly reduces your risk of type 2 diabetes. So the recommended dose of supplemental magnesium is 600 to 800 milligrams of magnesium citrate or glycinate daily with food. The second supplement for glucose control is chromium, and this is another essential mineral that aids in glucose metabolism by enhancing the effect of insulin. This allows more glucose to be shuttled into your cells where it can be utilized for energy production rather than staying in circulation and contributing to glycation. The recommended supplemental dose is 200 micrograms of chromium nicotinate or picolinate daily with food. The third supplement for glucose control is called benfotiamine, and this is a fat-soluble form of vitamin B1 that supports glucose metabolism by penetrating into the body cells, and it has a dual function of helping to protect your body's tissues against the production of AGEs, or the advanced glycation end products, as well as oxidative stress. The recommended supplemental dose of benfotiamine is 250 to 500 milligrams daily with food. Now, when it comes to oxidative stress, uh, much like glycation, the overproduction of skin-damaging free radicals in your body can be attributed to a diet high in processed foods. Uh, now, in my mind, the worst offenders are low-quality vegetable oils made from cottonseed oil, soybean oil, corn oil, and safflower oil. And these tend to oxidize or go rancid when exposed to light, uh, high heat from cooking temperatures, and oxygen. And this creates a tremendous amount of free radicals in the body from a process called lipid peroxidation, causing wrinkled, sagging skin and the blotchy discoloration often referred to as age or liver spots. Now, to make matters worse, these vegetables are also high in omega-6 fatty acids, which in excess can cause a pro-inflammatory cascade by increasing the production of hormone-like compounds called prostaglandins PG2 and leukotrienes l LTB4. And this inflammation damages tissues throughout your body, including your skin, and, and further increases oxidative stress. So eliminating vegetable oils and replacing them with more stable fats, such as saturated fats and monounsaturated fats, will help to prevent this lipid peroxidation and inflammation. And this will, will help to slow the, the skin aging process. My favorite choices for dietary fats are grass-fed butter, coconut oil, palm oil, extra virgin olive oil, uh, avocados, and polyunsaturated fats from wild salmon and sardines. The healthy breakdown of your dietary fats should be around 40% saturated fats, 30% monounsaturated fats, and 30% poly polyunsaturated fats. Fresh vegetables and fruits, especially berries that contain phytonutrients, antioxidants, vitamins, and minerals, should make up the bulk of your diet, and this will help to reduce the formation of free radicals in your body. 
Other lifestyle changes to reduce oxidative stress should include avoiding smoking, drugs, uh, pesticides, household cleaning chemicals, and excessive alcohol intake. If you do choose to drink, I would recommend uh, no more than one to two glasses of red wine per day uh, because it contains antioxidant polyphenols that help to reduce free radical production. There are quite a few antioxidant nutritional supplements available at your local health food store, but for the sake of brevity in this podcast, um, here are my top three choices. The first one is vitamin E, and this is a fat-soluble vitamin that has the unique ability to prevent the oxidation of fat and LDL cholesterol in your blood. Uh, And it also helps to protect the membrane of every cell in your body from the harmful effects of free radicals, and this includes your skin cells. Now, because vitamin E is stored in fat tissues, including subcutaneous fat, supplementing with it can protect your skin from the wrinkle-inducing effects of UV rays from the sun uh, when taken orally and also when taken topically, so you can apply it as as part of a skin moisturizer. This makes it an important uh, therapeutic component of any anti-aging protocol. And in order to get this effect, this anti-aging skin effect, the recommended supplemental dose is 400 to 800 international units of vitamin E with mixed talk referrals daily, and you take it with food. The second antioxidant supplement is coenzyme Q10, otherwise known as ubiquinine. And it's a powerful antioxidant that enables the production of energy in the power plants of your body cells known as the mitochondria. Now, your body can produce its own coenzyme Q10, but as you age, internal production of this nutrient can decline by as much as 50%. So coenzyme Q10 has an affinity for tissues in your body that have a high energy demand, such as your brain, your liver, your kidneys, and your heart. And acting as an antioxidant, it helps to protect the body cells, which includes your skin cells, from free radical damage caused by oxidative stress that tends to accumulate over time as you age. There are many uh, topical skin moisturizers on the market, uh, you may see, um, that contain coenzyme Q10. And unfortunately, there's little research to justify using this delivery method, and they tend to just kind of throw it in there so that they can increase the price on the product. So really just stick with taking oral coenzyme Q10 supplements, and and that's the most effective way to get it. The recommended daily dose is 100 to 300 milligrams taken with food. The third antioxidant supplement is vitamin C, uh, and this is an essential vitamin that many people actually fail to get adequate amounts of in their daily diet. And this is a shame because vitamin C not only acts as a powerful antioxidant that prevents, prevents the formation of cell-damaging free radicals, but it's also an essential nutrient needed in the synthesis of collagen throughout your body, and this includes your skin. Vitamin C is another ingredient that has been added to many topical skincare products, but in this case, there is some evidence that it can actually prevent UV ray-induced photo damage to your skin. Interestingly enough, uh, high levels of vitamin C are found in both the epidermis and dermis layers of your skin, and these levels tend to decline as you age or if you're under chronic stress, and this will eventually lead to skin damage. Taking supplemental doses of vitamin C at 1,000 to 3,000 milligrams per day spread throughout the day can help to reduce free radical production, uh, support healthy collagen synthesis, and minimize UV ray damage from the sun. But paradoxically, taking more supplemental vitamin C than the recommended amounts I just stated, so no more than 3,000 milligrams, uh, it can actually become pro-oxidative, which, which means it can increase free radical production. So moderation is the key when it comes to supplemental vitamin C. I would say take no more than 3,000 milligrams per day spread throughout the day, and then get the rest of your uh, vitamin C from fruits and vegetables. Now, one other uh, skincare supplement that's worth mentioning is gelatin. Uh, Now, collagen, uh, which is derived from eating gelatin, it's the most abundant 
uh, protein in, in your body. And it accounts for approximately 30% of the total body protein in adults. And as I mentioned earlier, it's a major structural component of your skin. And as you age, your skin produces less and less collagen. And when combined with excessive exposure to UV rays from the sun, the end result is wrinkled, sagging skin. But a recent study uh, by researchers at the Tokyo University of Agriculture and Technology found that a, a diet supplemented with gelatin helped to prevent this breakdown of collagen in the skin. What they did is they, they took uh, hairless mice and used them as test, test subjects and divided them into three groups. And over a six-week period, uh, one group received no ultraviolet light exposure. The second group received repeated exposures over the course of the day. And the third group had the same exposure as the second group, but additionally were fed gelatin at 0.2 grams per kilogram of body weight per day. So the results showed that the non-gelatin-fed mice exposed to the ultraviolet light had a 53% average decrease in the collagen content of their skin compared to the mice who were not exposed to UV light. But the exposed mice that were fed gelatin not only showed no collagen decreases at all, they actually had an average increase in skin collagen of 17%. So the researchers concluded that gelatin is beneficial as a dietary supplement to suppress UVB-induced skin damage and photoaging. So personally, I take three tablespoons of hydrolyzed collagen, uh, which is a pre-digested form of gelatin, and I mix it in orange juice, and this gives me approximately 24 grams of gelatin protein per day, in addition to my other uh, sources of dietary protein. And just as a side note, as we all know, proper hydration is important for healthy skin and having adequate collagen in the skin is, is hydrophilic. And what this means is that it attracts water to the skin, keeping it hydrated and moist while at the same time removing toxins and metabolic waste products for elimination from the body through perspiration and urination. So in addition to the water that you get from eating fruits and vegetables, uh, I also recommend that you drink one to two liters of spring water per day. Depending on your body size, the ambient temperature of your environment, and your physical activity levels. So in terms of external solutions uh, for skin aging, the most effective strategy uh, to avoid premature aging of your skin is to avoid overexposure to the sun's UV rays. Now, a little bit of sunshine, of course, is healthy, uh, but too much UV radiation significantly increases the production of skin-damaging free radicals. But the question is, how much sunlight is too much? Well, the answer is, is going to be different for each person, uh, and it's based upon your skin pigmentation. So the lighter your skin, the less time you can spend exposed to the sun's rays before damage starts to occur. A general rule of thumb is light-skinned Caucasians can spend approximately 15 to 20 minutes with their skin fully exposed uh, to the midday sun before having to cover up or put on sunscreen. Olive-skinned people uh, can spend 30 to 45 minutes before needing to cover up or put on sunscreen. And dark-skinned individuals can spend approximately one to two hours in the sun before needing to cover up. Now, following these basic guidelines for sun exposure uh, for no more than two to three times per week will ensure that you get the maximum health benefits from sunlight, such as vitamin D, while at the same time minimizing your risk of accelerated skin damage. If you're going to be subjected to the sun's rays outside the window of exposure I just outlined for your skin type, it's best to use a sunscreen with an SPF value of at least 30 to prevent damage and further photoaging. I've also found that using uh, coconut oil, uh, like many tropical natives do, helps to keep my skin moisturized without the need for chemical-based uh, lotions that may contain hormone-disrupting compounds uh, such as parabens and phthalates. And always keep in mind uh, when you're choosing your skincare products that the less chemicals, the better, because whatever you put on your skin eventually does work its way into your bloodstream. 
So that's it for today's podcast. If you have any questions on this topic, feel free to leave them in the comments section below and I'll do my best to answer back. Also, don't forget to click the subscribe button so that you'll be instantly notified when my next podcast is released. So thanks for tuning in to the Fit Men Over 40 podcast. I'm Jason Simpkins and I will see you next time.